You already got your workout in, didn't you, on this September 21st? You know, my workout buddy had to um, reschedule. So immediately after this, I'm going to go get a nice little run in. Okay. Yeah, what about you? 10, 10, 12 miles? I'll probably go eight today. Eight. It's disgusting. You know, I love seeing your face in the morning, dude. Jeez, holy shit, right? Michelle Rose says the same thing. She wakes up and she's like, gosh, it's just not quite. No, she doesn't. quite. No. <laughs> I want to welcome everybody to the first fall edition of baseball today. Did you know it was fall today? And it's going to be 97 degrees here. Let's go fall. Step it up. Seriously? Is that what it's going to be? Ugh. All right. Fall, fall needs to get off the bench, get out there, and start playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't want to go backward here. I don't want to go back to summer. I'm ready for some crispness in the air. We got teased because I had a few uh, – tomorrow's actually fall. Was that what somebody just said? All right, then I'll give you to tomorrow. You can have one more hot day. I thought September 21st was the beginning of fall. Hey, get your tan in today. It's the last day. If you want yeah. that nice tan physique. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'll be doing, just lying out for six hours doing nothing. Perfect. All right, let's get it going with baseball today. The Cardinals, they continue to mow down their opponents. Last night, they took care of the Milwaukee Brewers, so that is nine wins in a row. Congrats to John Lester. Shout out, win number 200 of his career. And Nolan Arenado, the first Cardinal to go 30 and 100 since Albert Pujols in 2010. Is Arenado having a sneaky great season his first year in St. Louis? I don't know if I'd call it great. I mean, for me or for a lot of people, it's great. But for Nolan, I think if you asked him, he would say, uh, you know, I think it was an okay year. But he, he he holds himself to a very high standard, which he should. This guy is on track to become a Hall of Famer. Uh, but mm -hmm. anytime you go 30 and 100 in a show, that's big time, man. So, yeah, I think he's having a great year. But I think if you ask Nolan, there's some things he would improve on. His OBP the last couple of years has been down. That's kind of why the OPS has been down. It was right around 300 last year, and I think it's sitting at 313 uh, this year. So those are some things that he'd like to improve on. But overall, I mean, the guy has brought something to that Cardinals team. You know, it's some stability at third base. You know, when you can rely on your defense like the Cardinals have this year, and he's obviously a big part of that, uh, you can tread water. And that's what the Cardinals have done. They've relied on that defense to keep them in the race, and now they've gotten hot at the right time. So – uh, Nolan's one of my favorite players to watch in the big leagues. Uh, 30 and 100, like I said, is no joke. But uh, I think to answer your question, I think he's having a good year. Good it, good is the best I can give him, and it's probably the best he would give himself. I agree with you 100%. Now, 30 and 100 in terms of third baseman, it's the sixth time he's done it. The only guys that have done it more frequently, Mike Schmidt and A-Rod. Pretty good company if you're going to keep it. Um for me, his OPS is like 808, mm -hmm. which is really good, much better than the average major league player. But when you realize his average coming into this year was 880, and some people say, well, it's the Coors effect, you know, he's going to have to deal with that the next several years in St. Louis. Now, he does get to play in some hitter-friendly parks in that division, right? Cincinnati's a band box. Milwaukee's a band box. Um, so there's some decent places to still hit. I, But the thing that Let's just put the numbers aside. He has been a critical part of this major run they've gone on the last six weeks. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He's been great. And 
Another thing about changing from the Rockies to the Cardinals, I think he might face some more difficult pitching here in this division. You know, he's got to go and face those Cardinals pitchers all the time. No, he doesn't. What's that? I'm not the Cardinals. Excuse me, the Brewers. The Brewers pitching. The Brewers pitching scary, man. So he has to face them a lot more. And, and Chris, it's just an adjustment period. You know, I, I when I got traded, it wasn't easy. Like, not it doesn't work out like that. Like, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, he gets um, – you know, a, a fresh look over there. He gets a new beginning. Well, that sounds great, but sometimes it's hard. So I believe that after this year, when he's acclimated, he's going to be in St. Louis for quite some time. You're going to see those numbers rise again. All right, let's move on. Uh, stay in the show me state. Uh, Salvador Perez did it. 46th homer. He's now tied for the major league lead. More importantly, he becomes the single season catcher home run champ, if you will. Uh, besting the Hall of Famer Johnny Bench in that category. This is at least when you played 75% of your games behind the dish. Uh, how big a deal is this? I mean, I think it's a really big deal. That record has stood for 51 years, I believe. So anytime you break a record that stood for that long, that's that's legit right there. And we talk about Sal Perez a lot on this, on this show. Uh, one of the most impressive things he does is play. He plays. All the time. And as a catcher, you know, you talk to anybody that's played the position. If you play that many games, your legs are done. And your hitting is secondary. You're worried about that pitching staff. You're worried about your defense. You're worried about calling a game. Sal's doing all that and hitting absolute moonshots. I mean, his numbers are up across the board in some of his advanced statistics. He's barreling the ball to 16.2 percent. Shine is by far the, the most in his career. His exit velocity is the highest it's ever been at 92.7 on average. The guy is absolutely destroying the ball all while playing seemingly every single day a catcher. It, it's not seemingly. It is. The Royals have played 151 games. He has played in 150. That's great. And I, I went through the box scores last night. There were only, by my count, there were only two games – where he appeared as a pinch hitter. That he hasn't DH'd other... at all? Huh? He hasn't DH'd at all? No, he has DH'd. But, 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 so my point, he got three or four at-bats in a game. When he had a day off, it wasn't a day off. Okay. Only twice. I mean, he pinch hit. Still, that's not even getting a day off. That's not <laughs> just like, go, go chill, we'll see you tomorrow. Or we'll see you in two days because we have a day off tomorrow. I, I can never, I've never seen a catcher play this much and be this productive. Usually we're talking about 140 to 145 games, and they get 15 where they don't do anything. They don't do any Like, sit down. I don't want to hear from you. This guy has played every game but one. That's wild. And you know what? This has been going on for a long time, too. He's always played yeah. a lot of games. He's always caught a lot of games. So, I mean, this is – he's just played a lot of baseball, and he's just having so much fun with it. It doesn't look like he's going to slow down anytime soon. So I think he really started to take off, no joke, in the home run derby. Um, remember, he was blasting balls. Mm -hmm. Jeez, what a run. And I think he lost out to Alonzo in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. But my point is this. Since July 24th, he has hit 25 homers. The next time you hear somebody say, well, this shit messes up your swing, yeah, go check out this dude. <laughs> he has been killing it, just to let you all know. And all while having a big smile on his face. Just yeah. Every single day. He's the best, dude. All right. Uh, you want to hear something remarkable. Of course, uh, Salvador Perez uh, hit the record-setting home run in Cleveland. That was in game one of a doubleheader. 
in game two, it was the return of Anthony Ghost. The last time we saw him as a major leaguer was 2016. He was an outfielder in the Tigers organization for five years. He was just kind of a bit player, never made it as an everyday ball player. At age 26, picked up pitching, and last night was throwing gas, 100 miles an hour with a good solid slider, actually struck out Salvador Perez mm-hmm. for his first major league strikeout. Uh, how wowed were you as a former major leaguer in this transformation? Very wowed. I was going to mention that high heater to sell. That was nasty, but, but 100 miles an hour up top there. But, you know, Ghost, I got to play against him as an outfielder. He was with Toronto, mm-hmm. and then he was in Detroit for a few years. He's a pretty good ball player. He never, like you said, never got a long enough leash to go out and establish himself necessarily as an outfielder. And then I, I, I heard that he was, you know, converting to a pitcher. I think we even crossed paths in the Texas organization, um, and I heard he was trying to do both. And then people were like, man, this guy throws hard. Like, he's, he's going to do it. And you know what? He did it. And that's crazy. I don't know how many people have done that, have actually been a, a real pitcher and a real hitter in a big game. It's not many. Well, we saw it the other way, right? Rick Ankeel Rick was Ankeel. an established starter. Then he lost it, he, and then he came back as an outfielder, which was crazy in its own right. Yes. But to, to start pitching, I mean, I, he pitched in high school, and there were mm-hmm. some teams that wanted to draft him, I heard, as a pitcher. He ended up being a second-rounder for the Phillies. He was uh, he was one of the centerpieces of the deal of the Roy Oswald trade mm-hmm. down in Houston. And he just never cut it as an everyday major leaguer. But at 26, to say, okay, I'm going to learn how to pitch and to grind and to not quit – and then to make it back at 31, tip of the cap to him. That's why I'm wearing my tribe hat today. I love it. He's a great guy, too. And let, let me tell you this. You throw 100 miles an hour and you're a lefty, guess what? You're going to be in the big leagues. <laughs> like yep. You're going to be in the big leagues as long as you can throw strikes for as long as you want. So kudos to him. I hope he has another five, six years in the show because of this. Yeah, the one thing he's going to have to work on is his, his wildness. His walk rate has been through the roof. Uh, if they If he can – hone that in he's going to be just fine and the indians need a left-hander out of the bullpen so he's going to have his shot um i think going into 2022 to make the team out of camp and i think it's a fascinating story but i'm just thinking how does that work like what is what about his service time and like how how long do the indians control him is he going to be a free agent what's wrong with that it's a great point that's a great point i gotta look into uh, he's arb eligible in 2022 it says on his Baseball reference page and a free agent 2025. So I guess they have control of him for quite some time. Yeah, you know what? He, he might have bounced up and down a lot, too. Yeah. So go Tribe. Hey, the Tribe can develop pitchers. We know that. Yeah, they can. They can. There's no question about that. All right, speaking of pitching and left-handed, this guy does not throw 100, but he does throw today. Dallas Keuchel of the Chicago White Sox. Uh, he said about three and a half weeks ago, I'm going to have to be much better if I want to make this playoff roster. Do you still agree with him? Well, I think it depends on what happens to Rodon. I mean, that's a big thing for them. If he's, yeah. he's hurt for an extended period of time, I think Keiko steps right back into that rotation. Um, if Rodon's okay, I think it's going to be pretty tough for him to, to make that roster. And, you know, that's – it's you know, he hasn't had a great year, but that's almost more of shining a light on how good the other guys have been. You know, like I think a lot yeah, of – Yeah, but he hasn't tra- – he, I'm trying to put this lightly. He hasn't been very good this year, and he knows that. He's admitted that. But the oh, other yeah, guy he, really, really good. So he's kind of been bumped. He's the fifth guy 
You don't take five starters into the playoffs. You know, maybe he makes it. Like, they don't have a ton of lefties in that bullpen. So, like, maybe they say, hey, we could throw him out there. I did read, I did read some stats on him. The first time through a lineup, he's okay. It's the second and third time that he goes through it that he really gets banged up. So if you use him in a, a relief role, maybe he'd, maybe he'd prefer that at this point in his career, and maybe he'd be um, successful. So I, I'm curious to see if they maybe give him a few, a few um, appearances out of the bullpen just to see. So they're going to be playing Houston. And, you know, you look at that lineup, they can demolish left-handed pitching <laughs> with the best of them. Uh, it's his former team. The thing I do love about Dallas Keifel is he's very honest. I mean, he gave a full assessment. He's like, look, the other four guys have been substantially better, and I know I have to give them something that brings value more than just a good veteran and a guy who has playoff experience to this roster. You mentioned two guys out of the bullpen that are left-handed, Crochet and Bummer. Those are pretty good ones. And then they have three fire-breathing dragons from the right side, too, right, in Kopech and Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks. It's just there's not going to be a lot of space for a guy who has had his highest walk rate, his highest home run rate, and his lowest strikeout rate since his rookie year. I know. Look, man, I'm, try I'm trying to figure it out for him. Maybe they, there's a long reliever role that, yes. you know, yeah. where he need to eat up some innings. He can, he's stretched out. He can do that. Uh, we'll see, man. I, the guy's had a great career. He's a great pitcher. I hated facing him. Oh, it's yeah, I mean, that changeup. Changeup was filthy, right? Never was in the middle part of the plate. He presented everything there, and it all dropped out. I do want to say my boy Jeff, uh, nameless Jeff, he's in Columbia right now. He's joining us. So. Nice. Shout out. Shout out. Okay. Uh, the good thing for Keuchel, he did have a solid start his last time against the Angels. Uh, gave up two runs in six innings. Maybe he'll build on that today. Wish him luck there. Uh, last one. Amazing catch by the Miami Marlins right fielder, Jesus Sanchez. Do we stand up and applaud him for the barehanded grab, or do we chastise him for overrunning the fly ball? Oh, we applaud him for sure. That's a, that's athletic ability right there. You're not always going to run the best route. You're not always going to judge everything perfectly, and the good athletes can make up for that. I mean, that's exactly what he did there. He said, okay, mess this one up a little bit. Let's just use my hand eye and snatch it up. It's pretty cool, man. You know, if you drop that, it looks – really really bad but when you catch it it looks really really good so he took that chance man and now he's all over the highlight reels and now we're even talking about him so i like I'm actually more surprised that outfielders don't overrun fly balls uh i have had the good fortune of catching uh being on the field during batting practice a few times so you're talking about a guy who obviously was a non-athlete but i i'm trying to track the ball and i'm like oh my god where is this thing going I'm just shocked it doesn't happen more frequently. The guys misstep by one or two steps and have to make some sort of weird play. I mean, guys are really, really freaking good. At that point, when we're all watching them, everyone's so freaking good at their job. And we do yeah. see some, some guys from time to time, especially like back in the day when outfielders, outfield defense was kind of overlooked. And it was like, hey, if you can mash, we'll just throw you out in left field. That doesn't happen anymore, dude. Like, Teams value outfield defense now, and you just have all these horses out there going to get it. It actually hurt. When that started to happen, Chris, you just look in the outfield like, I can't hit it anywhere in the air. These guys are going to run it down. And then every once in a while you face someone like, I remember, who was it? I don't want to talk shit about somebody, but 
when I first came up, let's just say there were some corner outfielders that you wanted to hit the ball to. That doesn't happen anymore, though. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know the names. That'd be good. All right, what do you have uh, coming up on John Boy? I uh, got an episode of Sequence uh, coming out today, actually with Arenado and Goldschmidt and Molina. I go over that double play they turned against the Mets and kind of what everyone's responsibility was, what could have Pilar done differently. Um, so that'll come out today. And we are recording our Wednesday ep of Talking Baseball at about 11 PST. What about you? Uh, let's see here. The... Latest Rose Rotation episode still out with Stephen Brault and Trey Mancini. Some great, great Mancini stories out there. They were teammates in the minor leagues, so you get to hear about their minor league days, which is just hilarity unto itself. And in about 10 minutes, I am taping the final regular season episode with Mickey Rowe. Mickey Rowe. Uh, there's a fascinating story that I followed all year, and I was hesitant to bring up with him. And uh, so it'll probably be first thing out of the gate. And I'll be really interested to see how this played in his headspace all year. Because it was something that I know he thought about at age 32 when he got hurt. And then heading into the last few. It, it's something we don't think about a lot as fans, but I know that ball players do. And so I wonder how he grinded his way through the situation let's just put it that way i know it's a little convoluted it's yeah. all going to make sense when the episode comes out thursday yeah what are you talking about i love it it's so mysterious dude yes but it's it's really real it, it's something really important that people say shouldn't be important but it is how's that <laughs> okay his sex now, what's that his sex life it's not that okay well that is important, important. I'm not going to get into that with him. That's his business. What about me? Not going to get into it with you. Ask me anything. Yep, not today. You have stuff to do and I have stuff to do. I might text you a question or two, but the, you know that's not for public consumption. So there you go. Yep. All right, man. You get your workout in today? Not yet. Are you going to? Yes. You better get it before it gets 97 degrees outside. Let's go. Well, I will. I have to take my dog on a walk, and then I'm going to get in and do my 45 minutes on the elliptical. Mm. It's, it's an ugly sweat for me. It's not pretty. All right, listen, we're back at it again on Wednesday. Uh, who knows what the divisional and wild card races are going to look like by then, but it's just going to get nutty. I love it. We're down to, like, the last week and a half of the season. Love it, baby. All right, tell the boys to say hello, and uh, have a good day, dude. You too, Ciro. See you guys. Peace. Peace.